Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornet Global. Joining me today are Hamish Cook, Head of Group Food Services, and Philip Rowden, Sustainability and Wellbeing Manager at ISS. We have an exciting podcast for you today, which we've titled Sustainable Food Solutions for the Modern Workplace. Net zero has become a corporate norm with almost 65% of the annual revenue of the world's largest 2,000 companies now covered by a net zero target. According to a recent UN-backed study, more than a third of humanity's greenhouse gas emissions are generated by food systems and the way we grow, prepare, package, and consume our food. What's more, a third of that food ends up as food waste. Hamish and Philip will take us on the journey of how companies can start to adopt more environmentally friendly food solutions to make a positive impact on our everyday lives as change does not happen overnight. So welcome, Hamish and Philip. Thank you for joining me today. Let's start with a bit about you. Could you both quickly introduce yourselves a little more and provide some detail on your background? Hi, Tim, and thanks for uh, letting us join you. I'm Hamish Cook. and My role is Head of Group Food Services at ISS. My background is, as you can hear, an Australian, and I've spent the last four decades working and leading B2B food and facility services organisations across the globe. I currently reside in Denmark, and my role at ISS sees me oversee the strategic direction of our food activities, where we serve over a million customers per day across more than 20 countries. Hi, Tim. Um, my name is Philip, um, and I my role at ISS is the Global Food Sustainability and Wellbeing Manager, and I'm responsible for directing our food sustainability program, which is a key part of delivering ISS's Net Zero 2040 commitment. Okay, great. So, Hamish and Philip, to set the stage and delve further into the impact of food on greenhouse gas emissions, can you start off by sharing your perspective on why corporate real estate professionals should prioritize sustainable food service solutions in the workplace as they strive to achieve their net zero targets? Thanks, Tim. As you mentioned in your introduction, all companies are starting to set net zero targets. And as you pointed out, food is a key contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Therefore, if food is provided in the workplace, it's critical to have a strategy around sustainability. Having a target is one aspect, but having a detailed plan to make change is another. Therefore, as companies start to implement their action plans, it is critical to understand the data related to their current behaviours. Professional food service operators can really help in this area as we build a great set of data about what aspects of workplace food service is delivering greenhouse gas emissions and the proportions of such. From our perspective, it's all about food waste, menu-driven food production, greenhouse gas emissions, and procurement behaviours. Implementing targeted strategies for reducing the impact of these activities is critical for any progressive organisations with a net zero target to achieve. Excellent. Okay. So my next question. Building on the idea that workplace food plays a pivotal role in attracting employees back to the office, we're also seeing a shift in the workforce with newer generations increasingly conscious of their dietary choices 
and their environmental consequences. Could you please elaborate on how food can influence the return to office spaces and how employers can meet the rising demand for sustainable food options while also accommodating personal food preferences and requirements? I'll take that one. Um, it's an opportunity to get people excited about being in the office and to demonstrate a commitment to looking after employees and acknowledging their priorities. Global research shows that employees expect the companies to act on sustainability. And for Generation Z, it's one of the key things they look for when choosing who to work for. Employees want to know where their food comes from, what is wasted, and the carbon impact. Ambitious commitments are no longer enough. They want to see action in the workplace. That means providing food that's in season, locally sourced, and plant forward. This not only reduces the carbon impact associated with food production, but promotes employee health and well-being. Essentially, it's about giving them the information they need to make choices that align with their values. Excellent. Okay. So my next question, as consumers' expectations regarding environmentally responsible practices continue to rise, there's a growing emphasis on companies actively and consciously sourcing products and services in an ethical, sustainable, and socially conscious manner uh, throughout their supply chains. For many consumers, the local label seems to hold greater significance than organic. What are your thoughts on this trend? Tim, before we sort of get into the nuts and bolts of this sort of answer, I think it'd be great for us to clarify that in our mind, organic food is generally about the health benefits of the food low use of chemicals and additives, and it's generally about the farming process. Um, whilst local production is perhaps more about social sustainability and environmental sustainability and what people refer to as food miles. And I think Philip's got some great insight into this as well. Yes, um, it's understandable that local food holds an important and significant expectation as local food can be more sustainable. It also fosters that sense of community and helps support our local economies. Local brings you into relationship with the source of your food, with the land, farmers and each other. But when we talk about sustainability in terms of food, most of the emissions come from production. It's almost 70 percent. For example, per gram of protein, beef requires 20 times more land and emits 20 times more greenhouse gas emissions than so do beans. So reducing the global growth in demand for animal-based foods, especially ruminant meats, which is beef and lamb, could will greatly reduce pressure on the world's forest and climate. So it's about raising awareness that simple changes in food choices make a big difference on greenhouse gas emissions. Each of us can make a positive difference. For example, just swapping one meat dish for a plant-based one saves the equivalent greenhouse gas emissions of charging your phone for two years. So it's really important when you think about how that small change makes such a big difference. And key is making that simple link between an achievable action and an understandable action. And local food is important for all of the reasons I mentioned, but what we eat and how it's produced has more impact on our carbon footprint than purely where it comes from in terms of transportation. Wow, it's really fascinating, uh, Philip, to hear that our assumption that transportation of food is a large part of greenhouse gas emissions um, isn't actually true. That's, that's an eye-opener for me, and I'm sure for many of our listeners as well. 
could you help our audience understand based on your experience working with clients, which area you believe is the most critical starting point in the journey toward more sustainable food solutions with various areas to explore and all being important? You mentioned several of them, such as plant-based foods, supply chains, recycling, and more. Where should companies begin? I think I'm going to sort of provide some insight there, Tim. Um, look, as we outlined earlier, you know, we believe that the most critical area to focus on is actually data and facts. Um, by collecting data and measuring what is occurring within our kitchens and sites, we've been able to get a really great insight into where our greenhouse gas and environmental and social, social sustainability impacts are occurring um, on our customer sites. Um, so we would be saying that, you know, organisations need to let data drive their decisions. You know, and we've decided to focus on those key areas of food waste, menu mix and composition and supply chain policy, uh, because that's the, what the data told us in our business and our clients' business were the areas that would have the greatest impact on greenhouse gas emissions across our operations. Um, and I think, Philip, you've got some great insight as well to add to that. Focusing on food waste is important because it's a high impact area from a carbon and a monetary point of view. And it's the right thing to do because we can't as a society continue to waste as much food as we do. And currently, one third of all the food produced in the world is never actually eaten. And our data has shown that most of the food wasted in the workplace setting is generated from overproduction, trimmings, preparation waste, and finally plate waste. And we've been focusing on these areas specifically our key step has been making food waste part of the day-to-day -day operation and then recording and making that data visible within our whole organization. This level of visibility of data has been key in reducing food waste by over 30%. But also we've been focusing on how do we move towards more plant-focused dishes. And key here has been making sustainable choices, the easy option, because there are some really simple changes that can be very effective in nudging consumers to make a more sustainable option. For example, incorporating plant-focused dishes into our menus and not segregating them as a special diet within the menu has really made a difference. We now place our plant-focused dishes first on the menus and on our counters. It's to harness the primacy effect. It's all about normalizing plant-based food. Because what we've also discovered is that when you describe dishes as what they are and not what they don't include, then consumers are more likely to choose them. So we don't use phrases like meat-free or even vegan and vegetarian and other restrictive languages. Because terms like plant-based are really effective at getting consumers to purchase these dishes. And that's the key change that we are adopting. Okay, great strategies. That makes perfect sense to me. Now, my next question, you've alluded to some of this already, but what are some key challenges you've observed while working with clients and organizations embarking on this food sustainability journey? Are there often overlooked aspects when implementing more sustainable solutions? As we outlined, there's, there's obviously lots of challenges associated with getting started on the sustainability uh, journey. And data is certainly one of them. This is a new area for many organisations and they don't have the data. So that's certainly a key area. Um, I think what one of the other overlooked areas is, is really about kitchen building and service design. Um, you know, we're constantly being asked to implement sort of 2020s and next decade sustainability concepts and solutions 
into buildings and kitchens that really don't uh, allow us to do that because they haven't been designed effectively or there's been no thought about how this is going to operate in, in a modern workplace. Um, Philip's been doing some great work on reusable cups and, and the impact of you know, introducing you know, a, a reusable you know, program versus a single-use program um, related to dishwashers. So I'll let him share his thoughts on that as well. Well, we know that consumers want to go green and we want, know that people want to make good choices. Um, but we also know that we need to work towards creating a circular economy where materials are kept in use as long as possible. And when making the move to reusable and circularity, it's important to consider the full life cycle of emissions. For example, one of the biggest contributors to the environmental impact when it comes to reusable cups is having to wash them. So our data and research has shown that when you ask employees to wash a reusable cup, it actually uses two and a half litres more water and 80% more electricity than when you dishwash that same mug. So that's really important that we consider the full life cycle and how the reusable will work within office in terms of the solution of space, storage, flow, and how they're washed. So reusable wins overall versus single use every time. That's very clear. But how you implement a reusable strategy within a building can have a really significant impact on its overall effectiveness. Exactly. Okay. Now, uh, you obviously have a huge depth of knowledge in this very important area. Are there any short-term issues that are derailing or assisting your efforts? Yeah, as a global organization, uh, we think that sort of one of the real challenges in this area is the huge amount of conflicting information around the topic of food sustainability. And it's something that we come up against, uh, you know, regularly, you know, things like, you know, what is the carbon conversion factor for particular foods? What does that food produce in, in the way of greenhouse gas emissions? You know, what's included in that calculation? Is it full life cycle of that product from farm use uh, through production, through transport? Or is it just, you know, the production aspect and transport? And organisations at a global level, at a local level, are all measuring, you know, data in different ways and setting policy on the back of that data in different ways by only looking at sort of one aspect of the, the full life cycle of, of a product or a solution. Um, so that's something that I think collectively we have to, to get smarter at moving forward. You know, but on a positive note, you know, sustainability is a key area of, of most organisation strategy these days. So whenever we raise an initiative that has a sustainable benefit associated with it, we get you know, great reception from our customers. And I think that's you know, the big step change that we've seen. It is something that everybody's keen to sort of embrace. Okay. And now to wrap up, could you each offer one or two concrete pieces of advice for companies and professionals looking to initiate sustainable food solutions. What key considerations are crucial as they embark on this journey? We want everybody to start on the journey. So it's, you know, pretty simple from our perspective. Um, but the, the key thing in my mind is, you know, you have to start. You have to take that first step and you have to sort of be committed to collecting and analysing the data of what's actually occurring. Now, once you've got that data and you understand a little bit more about what the current practice and behaviour is, you then need to sort of target in our minds a small number of high impact initiatives to implement, you know, and that's sort of something really uh, important. We decided to focus, as Philip said, on food waste and certainly moving customers to eat more plant-based foods. And we chose that because we can control that aspect of our business in our client organisations. You know, it's, it's easy for us as an organisation to implement. Um, so, so that's certainly something that I would encourage people to do from my perspective. 
And for me, um, I would recognize that there's not one solution that will solve this challenge. It's many small initiatives at a local level that will make a difference. But for me, any organization looking to start its journey with sustainable food really needs to start with food waste. Tackling food waste means understanding where you're spending money and identifying what products you can reduce wastage on. That saving goes straight to your bottom line while also supporting your sustainability goals. And it's a great place to start. Excellent. Okay. Hamish, Philip, it's been great talking with you today. I've learned a great deal, and I'd like to thank you again for sharing these very helpful insights with Cornet Global. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.